You're listening to Bodyways with Kira and Matt. Hello. Kira, what's Bodyways all about? What is Bodyways all about? Well, it's a nurse and a doctor from primary care, so from your local GP surgery, coming together and talking a little bit more, maybe about the stuff that doesn't get talked about. I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, with no holes barred. Well, I suppose not. So we're today we're going to talk about the menopause and... Why are we going to talk about the menopause, Kira? It's an interesting one. Because Kira is obsessed with the menopause. That's Kira why. is obsessed with the menopause. Yeah. So when we started um, talking about doing the series, that was that was number one. We we need to talk about the menopause because people don't talk about the menopause enough. But actually, it is coming up a bit more on topic now, isn't it? People are starting to have a chat. Davina's got involved. She's done a show. It's coming a little bit more into the spotlight. But it's one of those conversations that doesn't happen enough, considering that everyone that menstruates is going to mm. go through it. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that maybe in the last year or two, we've seen a bit of a sea change in terms of the menopause and people talking about the menopause. And anyone who has been to Ramsey to seek here, whether it's with a sore throat or a sore toe, will be asked if they have menopause symptoms, which I think is great because it opens the conversation. Mm, it's and very confused looking men coming <laughs> to see me. But it is important. And as I said, I think what we were hoping to do with tonight's episode, uh, barred the fact that Kira is obsessed with menopause, was maybe to start a conversation uh, and that people maybe after listening to this might be more open about raising it with their GP. That's that's exactly what we're hoping for. You know, because you can explain away a lot of things, can't you? Mm. You've had a hard time, you've been very, very busy, work's been very stressful. There's, there's a, a whole bunch of reasons why you could have different symptoms, but when they come together and you actually give yourself... 15 minutes to think about it mm. go in and see your primary care provider and and have that conversation with them but you've got some pretty cool friends and we've managed to get an expert in who's a, a pal of yours I've I have a, a good friend of mine called uh, Deirdre Lundy who's a GP from Ireland who is the queen of the menopause which I suppose is a fair enough title to give her but she has revolutionised the management of the menopause in Ireland and is just an incredible speaker and I don't think I've ever met anyone who actually gets as excited as she does talking about the menopause. Do you know what? I got quite excited listening to her. I mean, she was really energetic. I really enjoyed hearing what um, what Dr. Lundy had to say. So I think we actually talked to her for about two hours, didn't we? But um, we've got 26 minutes to, to pack all of that into and it's pretty hard to decide what to put in. So I think we're going to have a podcast that's going to have a bit more of her discussion in it. So if you're interested and you enjoy listening to what she's got to say, I massively recommend the podcast because there's so much in there and it was very, very difficult to pull out a few minutes. So what Kira's done is Kira has picked what she felt was the most important and the best bits. But if you want to listen to the entire interview, then the podcast will be available on Manx Radio. Um, exactly. And there was a huge amount of information to be gained there. Perfect. So Dr. Deirdre Lundy is a GP who has a special interest in women's health and who has led really like the revolution in women's health when it comes to contraception and most recently the menopause in Ireland. And she's recently set up Ireland's first menopause clinic in the National Maternity Hospital uh, in Ireland. Um, but she also yeah. makes learning about women's health in the menopause fund. So she's just an all around incredible person who has changed the lives of more women in Ireland than I think any other person in the world. And that is that is the, yeah, God's honest truth. No, Deirdre, it is true. Well, myself and Kira, who I work with, um, we're just talking about this maybe two or three weeks ago. And, and what I think is really interesting, Deirdre, is Kira is is really in tune with the menopause. So whether she's doing an asthma review with the patient uh, or a blood pressure check, she asks 
all of the female patients that come in, do, do they have menopause symptoms? And it's actually been incredible, Kira, because what we've found is that a lot of women who maybe wouldn't normally volunteer their symptoms have really kind of spoken to Kira. I mean, that that's true, Kira, isn't it? Just that simple raising awareness thing has been incredible. You're very kind. You do speak very nicely of me when um, when everyone else is listening. Um, I mean, yeah, I do talk to everyone about the menopause because um, it, it's 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 impacting everybody. It, it's either, um, I mean, for if I'm talking to someone, an asthma review, yeah, of course we're going to talk about their asthma and what their asthma is doing for them. But while we're there, let's just touch on like holistically how they are, and let's talk about that elephant in the room a lot of the time you know we don't talk about menopause do we it's not um it's not a sexy conversation people don't talk about it so and i think if you're um if you're a woman um or if you're assigned female at birth and and you are going through menopause problems perimenopause problems you've probably been dragging yourself through treacle for quite some time and you've probably naturally had to put so many people in front of you that it's hard to find that 15 minutes to come in and speak to a healthcare professional so and dear dear, you you led i mean you you kind of changed the narrative in ireland around the menopause maybe six months ago and i mean it hit headlines for, for weeks which has had a massive impact on a huge number of women in Ireland. Could you just explain to us what happened and how that came about? Yeah, of course. Um, there, Over the past 20 years, since that unfortunate study from the United States came out that implied that through HRT, you somehow were going to create new breast cancers for yourself. Ever since then, the demand for um, help during the menopause really kind of bottomed out. And so a lot of family doctors had de-skilled when it came to helping women at the time of the menopause because nobody was willing to try any of the treatments. Now, I prescribed before that study, during that study, and after that study because myself and a lot of other experienced women's health doctors looked at the merits of that study and said, oh, for the love of Mike, like that that doesn't make, that means nothing to me. It's, you know, but the rest of the nation, like like the United Kingdom and other parts of, of the world, it just disappeared off the, off the shelves, you know. So people had started back in 2015 the National Institute of Clinical Healthcare Excellence, NICE, started saying, lads, we are really letting menopausal patients down. There are so many things we can do for them. Um, HRT does not cause breast cancer. That wasn't coming anyway. And there's no reason on earth why they should be so fearful of it, nor should you as prescribers. And so slowly things started to improve. And I started to notice a slight uptick in the patients seeking me out. But what was happening is what were, was patients were taking the NICE guidelines into their family doctor saying, look, this is what's wrong with me. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And the GPs were saying, no, I'm not experienced. That stuff gives you breast cancer. I don't want to get involved. Um, I don't. And also, I think women weren't as, as kind of noisy as they were before. Now people are saying, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend half of my life feeling like this just because you're too lazy to read a publication, you know, and I think God bless them. And I love a patient comes in well researched. Now, not Google rubbish. Like it's got to be good, you know, guidelines and all the rest of it. But I, you know, come in with your list. Come in with your research, and 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 we'll talk because I love it and I'm not threatened by it, you know. 
And I suppose what we wanted to do today was to talk about some of those common misconceptions, sure. uh, Deirdre, because it, like, it, it, as you said, there are so many misconceptions and they're huge barriers even today yeah. for women to present themselves. And I think I mean, that's one of the things Kira's always spoken about in that 90% of the time women say, well, I can't have HRT because. Yeah. And yeah. that's still the problem. Myself and Kira had this conversation just yesterday. I mean, you come across that every day, Kira. Sure. We have um, questions from, from listeners, which I think sure. would be good to, to go to you on. I, I think maybe before we go there, there's a few quick fire things, which are just the commonest issues that people always ask us. I mean, Kiri, the ones we come across the whole time, you know, can I have HRT if, if I have had yeah. breast cancer, which is probably the biggest yeah. thing we come across, yeah, isn't the biggest it? biggest one. I know. Well, now, God, how long have you got? So the current rule of thumb for prescribers is wherever possible, you should manage breast cancer patients' symptoms with non-HRT therapies. But if they don't work or if they if they're not suitable or if they're not appealing for whatever reason, as so long as that poor patient is within their senses, why can't they be involved? Oh, this only applies to systemic hormones. When it comes to things like vaginal therapies, you know, the local vaginal estrogen, Safe. there's absolutely no problem. Everybody with breast cancer. In fact, their oncologists should be offering them local vaginal estrogen when they put them on tamoxifen, when they put them on aromatase inhibitors, or when they euphorectomize them because they are going to get terrible vaginal problems in a lot of cases. The oncologist is is focusing on one aspect of the patient's life and health, which is that tumor. You know, whereas we as GPs are trying to make the entirety of their life. What about their bones? What about their hearts? You know, most people who get breast cancer die from heart disease. So what about their hearts? What are you doing to make up for the fact that you're now giving them an estrogen suppressor, which is going to increase their risk of atherosclerosis? You know, and their answer is nothing because that's not my problem. But it's our problem in general practice and it's the patient's problem. What about one of the things I mean, I get asked a huge amount is, is I suppose women who maybe went through the menopause dear to three, four, five years ago. Um, mm. And again, they, they say, look, I can't uh, go on HRT because I went through the menopause five years ago. Nah, um, that's nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah. So it's a lot about age. You know, a, a woman under 60 is still relatively healthy. And I mean that from an age perspective. Obviously, some of us are basket cases and other of, others of us are running marathons. So it's a there's a big spectrum there. But uh, most women would have a certain amount of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone in their blood until they're about 55, 60. And really, come 60, it sort of falls off a cliff. So to play with hormones up until that age is perfectly safe to do so. And I don't care if your last period was when, when you were 22. It's never too late to try something so long as you're healthy and you're under 60 and there's benefit to be gained from it, you know. The million dollar yeah, question I, I was going to ask you, uh, Deirdre, mm-hmm. and it's again, just before we move on to the listeners questions, because uh, it's the one we get asked all the time is how long can I be on HRT for? Well, I have no intention of ever stopping. So I'm 60 now. I started when I was like 43-ish, I want to say. So a good 17 years or more at this stage. That's interesting, actually, because I think we hear sometimes, don't we, you can only have HRT for five years. And some women think, I've got to keep dragging myself through Mm. this terrible time until I can't drag myself through it anymore because I'm only going to get five years. But actually, if you look at the nice guidelines, which we follow, it says... You know, use it no for at least five years, yeah. you know. It's and it not- specifically says no arbitrary time limits should be put. There's so many more things out there. And if you look at the things that kill women, 
Yeah, it's heart disease. It's, it's heart disease. Mm. It's dementia. Yeah. You know, it's complications and broken, bone. from broken mm. bones. Yeah. yeah, and and things that I, I read recently that you know really stuck with me. You're fifty percent less likely to have a heart attack if you're a woman on HRT, and you're, yeah. you're as a fairly recent Kentucky study, you're seventy three percent less likely to have Alzheimer's mm. if you're a woman on HRT, and that is so huge, isn't it? Also, how do I know if it's the menopause? as opposed to me, just be a tired and grumpy car? Can both be dealt with in the same way, or do we need to differentiate? Or do I just need a personality transplant? (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Well, the answer is there is no blood test to confirm whether or not your symptoms are related to the menopause. So the word menopause means the last day of the last menstrual period, but we don't really use that word that way. We mean all the different symptoms that can affect the woman when her hormone um, levels are starting to become unreliable and then slowly starting to decline. That's really the perimenopause. And symptoms like flushes and sweats, sleep disruption, moodiness, brain fog, irritability, joint pains, vagina changes, they're all part of it. So if somebody comes in and says, I just have really bad flushing, but nothing else. I mean, they could have thyroid issues. They could have a pheochromocytoma. I mean, it's unlikely, but it's possible it's something else. But if a patient comes in and they have ticking boxes off of that big list of menopause symptoms, sure, what the heck else is it going to be? But sometimes to diagnose it, what we do is we do a trial of therapy. So we say, look, for the next six to eight weeks, I want you to try some daily steady hormone supplement. See what your symptoms get up to when you're on this stuff. And if you come back to me and say, oh, my God, I should have done this years ago. There's your diagnosis. How, as a male line manager, should you approach the subject with a female employee if you think it may be affecting their performance slash behavior? Is it easier for a woman to speak to another woman about it? Hmm, That's a really good question. Well, first of all, I am not a HR person. In fact, I'm really politically incorrect and I sometimes have to be minded when I do media. So I don't know that I'm the best person to answer that question, but I would say that, you know, it's a medical condition. So if you had, I don't know, say if you had bipolar disorder or if you had some other medical condition that was affecting your relationships and work and your performance and work, it would be perfectly reasonable for your manager or HR to have a word with you and say, listen, we're really concerned about you. And we just think it wouldn't be a bad idea to go and talk to somebody and let me know if you're open to that, we could try to facilitate that for you. That's as much, that's as supportive as you can be. What treatments can you take for perimenopause then? Is it different to uh, what you would take with menopause? And how do you know when you're actually transitioning between the two? Yeah, so the medicines generally are the same. So everybody who's got symptoms needs estrogen. That is the core hormone. People with wounds need progestogen to protect the lining of the womb from the estrogen. So if you've been hysterectomized, you don't need progestogen, you just take the estrogen. And really the only thing that's different in how we treat the symptoms is if you're menopausal, meaning you no longer make eggs, you no longer have natural periods, we give you the progestogen every night. If you're perimenopausal, meaning you do still occasionally pop the egg out here or there, you do still occasionally have a a spontaneous period, We give you the progestogen in a cyclical fashion, a couple of days on, a couple of days off, two weeks on, two weeks off. That's the only thing that's different in the treatment. It's still estrogen, estrogen, estrogen.
Joints and muscle aches I experience every day. My bones are cracking when I get out of bed. Is there any herbal remedies I could take? Poor woman. She sounds like she's on her last nerve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can take all the herbal remedies you like. They're not going to make a damn bit of difference. Sad to tell you that um, the joint pains generally tie in with things like skin. It's a collagen-based problem. So a lot of women notice everything hurts for the first time ever when they get into their menopausal symptom phase of their life. And it's because estrogen is a really big driver for collagen integrity, collagen production. And without estrogen or with fluctuant estrogen, collagen levels really decline. And you see it in your skin, your fingernails, your hair, but you really feel it in your joints. Now, if you have a terrible diet and you don't eat broad ranges of fruits and vegetables and proteins and fibers and what have you, then maybe a multivitamin wouldn't be a bad idea, but is it going to fix collagen deprivation? No. Whereas estrogen supplementation helps promote collagen formation and um, often we, we find that people get, they didn't even know that the aches and pains were related to the menopause and they only notice coincidentally when they go on their HRT that those symptoms are getting better too. Um, your, your energy is fantastic and you just make a topic that's not talked about enough just more accessible already just, just from having that conversation with you and, and hearing that expert opinion has just been eye-opening for me and, and I think for people that are listening it's, it's a really good lesson so thank you Super. so much for giving uh, you're us very your welcome time. it was a pleasure and I'll be in the audience um, of your next lecture very soon as always asking <laughs> the stupid questions <laughs> so that was Deirdre Lundy uh, if you want to hear more from Deirdre there is about an hour and a half to two hours of content on our podcast on manxradio.com if you want to check that out Kira, who do we have up next we've got Joe Posey she is a local lady who is doing great things talking about menopause and just kind of tackling the whole culture or lack of culture that we've got around at the moment so i went and had a a chat with her um about what she's doing and the the court what she's doing within the corporate world as well and the noises that she's making it's a it's a good long chat as well so i think we've got a lot more of that on the podcast as well to listen to and it's well worth a listen Right, so I found a, a, a rather echoey little spot to sit and chat with Joe Posey. So, hi, Joe. Hello, Kira. Can you give me a, just a quick outline of what your role is, what your job is, and what you do? I am a nutritionist, and most of my role at the moment seems to be talking, talking, talking about menopause with 50% of my time at the moment, is working with various bodies in their lunch and learn sessions and educating around how they can support their employees and and what everyone needs to know. Because an awful lot of women arrive at midlife not having a clue what to expect because there hasn't been so discussion. One in five women leave the workplace mm. um, early and that that's a huge financial impact actually um that's a lot of knowledge that's people who've been in business for a long time who've got a huge amount of knowledge what can we do to stop women leaving the workplace because of perimenopause and menopause have the discussions make it acceptable to have the discussions educate your staff on just how severe some of those symptoms can be and stop it being either a taboo subject or one that is considered a bit of a joke. Mm. And then 
put those steps in place and they can be really really simple things like giving a woman in menopause that is struggling with hot flushes and we know that hot flushes and the effects of them can be one of the most debilitating symptoms in the workplace because people are massively embarrassed about the fact that they're having a hot flush they can't talk about it Um, but providing that member of staff with a desk fan or letting them sit by a window that opens can make a world of difference. And actually just in knowing that those conversations are allowable and that you won't be viewed negatively as a woman in menopause can go a long way to improving a woman's confidence and feeling that she's still valued. Yeah. Allowing a woman potentially to shift her working hours. So if you know that this individual is struggling with her sleep, Mm. letting her work have a later start and later finish, or allowing her to work from home if possible. For those days, a woman in perimeno um, might have horrendously heavy periods. So for those days where she's possibly flooding, allow her to work from home. That's easy. Not looking askance at regular toilet breaks making sure that she's got access to cold water, again, going back to the hot flushes. Knowing that your colleagues are educated and that your condition fits within the overall occupational health policy yeah. is, is a, you know, can, be a real, can be a real game changer for a lot of women. I'm going to ask you for three small takeaways. Somebody's listening to the show... They feel like um, kind of lost in in their own exhaustion and and their symptoms and their feelings. What little steps could they take this week? Go and make that doctor or nurse appointment. Okay. Do your breath work. Stop and breathe and get outside. Go for a walk. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a big one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Get outside. We are so fortunate here on the island to have so many beautiful green spaces and beaches. And it doesn't have to be a power walk, does it? No, you're exhausted. Go for a little bimble. Yeah, and your 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 joints are hurt and, and you think, are you having a laugh? I'm not going for a walk. It hurts getting up and down on this chair. Hill no, climb, I say, and I'm not even it? talking about it necessarily being as exercise in inverted commas. It's just moving your body, getting that fresh air, looking at the trees the rocks on the beach and the sky and the benefits just in terms of your your mental health and actually moving your body if you've got sore joints is the one thing you need to do. Thank you so much, Joe, and keep doing all the amazing stuff that you're doing. And if you're someone who's in a workplace that Joe is visiting and she's doing a seminar, go to it. So that was Jo Posey. Jo is a nutritionist from Life Lessons Nutrition. She's actually written a brilliant free ebook that's got a lot of information about um, perimenopause and menopause and how to approach that in a in a graceful and healthy way. So it's as well worth a listen. And if I was a woman who wanted more information on menopause locally, where could I go? Um, well, fundamentally, you need to go and see a clinician at your GP surgery. So you need to speak to a GP 
or um, a nurse or team member who's got a special interest in menopause. So mm. start there. There's a couple of great resources to look at. You know, there's the Isle of Man Ladies Lockdown Facebook page, which is such a, a really good sisterhood of local people, uh, local women coming together and, and having that conversation on the regular. So that's a good spot to go to. Speaking to people like Joe Posey, so mm. a, 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 she's a great person to concentrate on your wellness with. Perfect. Well, that was BodyWise's take on the menopause. Uh, there's a lot more to listen to on the podcast, which is on manxradio.com. Next week, we're going to touch on the difficult and unspoken about subject of addiction. So if you have any questions on addiction, you can fire them into us at bodywise at manxradio.com. And Kira, we're not only going to cover addiction, what else are we going to cover? We're going to look at teen health. We're going to look at depression, very important one. Um, we're going to look at dementia as well so if you've got questions on any of those topics please do give us a shout at bodywise at manxradio.com please thanks for listening bye